Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Talent Matters, the podcast that fulfills a flawed, a very flawed childhood ambition of mine to be a, a, a radio DJ. Uh, and I already know some of you are suggesting that, yes, you indeed have a face for radio, Dave. But if you think that, you're very cruel and it's very unkind. Um, but it does fulfill that dream for me. I'm Dave Jenkins, CEO and founder of Wave. And today I'm joined by my guest, Ryan Bridgman, a man who absolutely does not have a face for radio. He's a beautiful man. Uh, hello, Ryan. Are you there? Hello, Dave. You there? That's, uh, that's, that's very polite of you. It's also factually incorrect, but I do very much appreciate the sentiment so uh yeah delighted to be on the podcast today you're tough you're too tough on yourself you're too tough on yourself i stand by it you're a beautiful man so ryan how you doing you okay very good yeah really good thank you for asking you you are a uh, a stalwart of the industry uh previously of uh, of monster uh in the i don't know would you describe it the heyday of monster I would, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I mean, all of yes, Daydream. Yes, just say yes. Through, yes. Yes, basically. Yes, yeah, the I was there at the start and then, you know, uh, through, you know, lots of different periods of transition. Um, so it was certainly a wild ride. You know, I was thinking, um, whatever you may, um, anyone may think of Monster these, these days, um, that's not the topic of this podcast. However, right. Monster... Definitely wins the award, I think, for best job board TV adverts. Is yeah, do you remember those don't listen to the voices adverts back in the day? Yeah, they were brilliant. They were that's actually one of the things that in, interested me in the company in the first place. I think those ads had come out when I was considering where to uh uh where to work. And I thought, you know, that sounds like a really cool place to work. Was was that the the two that stick out are the uh, the tiger? one yeah you're a tiger then anyone in the mirror I, I, i'm assuming we still do that every morning right before we go into the office well, actually I just do. before this podcast i was there i was there actually in my uh in my uh in my mirror oh, screaming at it, it. so me, yeah me exactly so it, hopefully it comes across all the energy <laughs> it worked so there was that one there was that one and um Apologies to, to, to listeners of yours. This is not a, a podcast about retro uh, job adverts. Uh, uh, sorry, retro sorry, TV it isn't. adverts. It isn't. Adverts. I've got the briefing all wrong then. <laughs> but but while we're on that, um, I also liked the one um, where the they were playing football and there was the intern and um, the, the intern was trying to make the, the impression. And I think that might have been the the don't listen to the voices uh, campaign where he went and took out the CEO, just smacked him. Yeah, um, I think that... didn't Boris Johnson try and reenact that? I think <laughs> uh, a decade or so later, I thought, you know, I thought, hang on a minute, you know, this this could be a good viral marketing campaign for Monster if they if they capitalise on the moment. So uh, yes, yeah, that happy day, actually, happy day. I think he must have seen that. He must have seen that and and uh, reenacted. I don't <laughs> no, know. He'd been in the mirror. He'd been in the mirror, right? And then I think he'd gone onto the football field. And that's it. That's that just shows the campaign worked, right? It, it, it worked. It, it worked. It was effective. And anyone that has that is listening or watching that has um, CV access to Monster, uh, you should now right away go and uh, go and uh, do it. Do a search on the database to see if you can find Boris Johnson's CV <laughs> on there. 
Hurdy. Exactly. Hurdy's available. Well, he is looking for a job. He is looking well, for a job. Exactly. To so you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I guess just to balance that out, um, I did like see the library's um, uh, billboard campaign with uh, when when Rishi Sunak lost saying you're looking for a job. So just uh, giving all the job boards the uh, a little bit of balance. Anyway, anyway, let's um. That's the longest intro ever. Yeah. Um, what are you doing now, Brian? You're not a yes. master anymore. I am not, no. So I, I like to job hop every 13 years or so, you know, typical fickle employee. So I um, I joined Job Rapido in January 2019, um, initially to work on scaling out the UK and the um, Irish businesses. And, and uh, I currently... Um, run the uh, the uk island region uh north america and and benelux as well so uh um obviously have a much bigger remit now and uh yeah it's been uh um it's been really good fun uh overseen a lot of growth and and it's been great to uh to be part of that journey i must admit you know because i joined uh, like i said in, in january 2019 and I'm, I'm sure you know everyone's aware that the the pandemic hit and when you're kind of a leader in an organization and, and a global um pandemic hits yeah you know avidly consulting the the manual like you know what to do if you're in recruitment and a global pandemic hit, and it's missing right well, where's the pages where's the chapter on this you know so um you know that forced us and i'm sure you know pretty much every recruitment business to um you know to pivot and 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 uh um, really kind of think about what you're going to do and, and and change direction. We did that as an organization and and you know we've we've thankfully managed to be really successful in that. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing last uh, three and a bit years um, at Job Rapido, really enjoying it and uh, uh, being part of a you know really big growth story. That sounds yeah. I mean that that manual we all look for it, right? Was, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where is this? Yeah. <laughs> didn't find that in any of the documentation anywhere. Um, I think uh, maybe a few companies may have something like that now, but uh, yeah, um, it, that not at the not at the time. Um, so when I first started a hundred million years ago with job boards, you would buy a listing on a job board, and it would cost you anywhere from a few quid to 250 pounds whatever it was you got your ad you got your credit you put it on a job board then you sat back and you waited and sometimes you would get 500 responses and sometimes you would get nothing depending on what you had did uh job rapido is part of a bunch of businesses that don't quite work like that anymore um and you know we keep hearing about programmatic we keep hearing about performance we keep hearing about ai we keep hearing about machine learning cpa cpcs da, 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 da. lots of different words that keep coming out and a lot of people still don't actually understand how it works so i think what i want to try and just cover with this podcast is trying to actually get an understanding of that world and what's going on, how it works, and how it could possibly benefit some recruitment businesses. So let's try and unpick some of this, Ryan, if we can. Yeah. What is it? And firstly, let's start with what's the difference between programmatic and performance? Because both seem to be used at the same yeah. time, you know, and interchangeable. What's the difference? Let's start with with that. Yeah. So I, I, I yeah. <clears throat> 
So here's the hot potato question then you've given me quite early in the in the podcast. I would say, you know, programmatic itself is one of the, um, that term is one of the most often misused um, phrases in, in marketing, right? Programmatic isn't a product, right? It's a concept, okay? It actually literally comes from two words, um, you know, uh, program and automatic together, right? And essentially what uh, programmatic is, is the use of data uh, to ensure that the right person receives the right content at the right time on the right platform and actually for the right price, right? Now, that doesn't have to necessarily mean the cheapest price. It means the most appropriate price to achieve the outcome um, that you desire as the advertiser. And the one thing that's uh, very specific to programmatic is all of this use of data, right, is automated. It's not done by humans, it's done by machines, by software, right? With the result being that you can, in theory, scale much quicker. But also one of the benefits for both the advertiser and the, um, you know, the recipient of the marketing message is relevance. And relevance is critical, right? Relevance is fundamental to having a good um, experience and wanting to engage with content. And it's actually fundamental from an advertiser to receive responses that are relevant to them, right? So I'm looking to hire X number of people who do who do Y, right? And I should receive applications for that you know, category of person that I could bring into my organization. So that actually is what programmatic is, right? It is that 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 concept of the automation of use of data to effectively provide relevance. Now, performance, pay for performance, is simply the commercial model by which you leverage that experience, right? So that might be in the, you know, a cost per click or a cost per apply or, you know, a cost per hire or whatever it might be. Um, and they're not mutually exclusive. You know, you, you know, programmatic tends to be charged on a uh, on an outcome basis, either in, in recruitment, either in a cost per click or a cost per apply. In consumer marketing, it's typically per thousand um, banner impressions because it tends to be more of a uh, display format. But hopefully that answers your question, right? Programmatic, simply the automation of providing relevant content to both the, uh, the user and the advertiser and the performance element is simply the commercial model by which you, you know, you leverage that and you charge for it. Okay. So with the programmatic side, job board, like Monster, CV Library, yep. whoever it is, you, those guys are doing that, you would think, already, right? In terms of when a, a candidate goes on to a job board and puts in a search, whether or not it's an, um, you know jobs by email or a live search on the site, um, they are putting in their details and they expect to get relevant uh responses back so Correct. somewhere there is a machine that is looking at what that candidate is looking for and matching that with the jobs that they have on the site and vice versa in terms of a client puts a job on a job board and it will then be sent to uh, relevant candidates and hmm. the point of matching those two is programmatic well, it, 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 yeah, so this is where the gray area is. It, yes, in theory, but we, we, I mentioned before that it was the automation of the use of data, okay? And the data is really, really important, okay? So you have uh, what we call rich data, is, which is basically where I'm building up a profile of you, Dave, um, which is based on your engagements uh, either across the whole of the internet or a, or, a, or a specific part of the internet. So 
you know, a specific part of the internet might be a recruitment platform, for example, right? And this is quite important when we look at recruitment because what typically do you see um, as um, part of the registration process of, of being a candidate is you're asked to upload a CV, for example, right? And a CV is a great example of what we would call static data, right? So it's basic data. So this is who I am at a specific moment of time. And actually, particularly when we live in a, in a world where, you know, a lot of the jobs that will be um, recruited for in, in the very near future don't exist today, um, you know, limiting yourself to a static snapshot of who you are as an individual kind of, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't give an accurate picture of who you are, right? So actually, when you're talking about outcome-based um, data, which is, right, what do you then search for? How do you engage with certain content? What is this person actually interested in? And I know everyone um, always gives Amazon as a good example. Amazon's super easy to use and all that, but one of the things Amazon does really well is it, it builds up a very rich data profile of you, the user, right? What did this person watch on Amazon Prime? What did they buy last week? When did they buy it, etc. And it targets you with relevant content. Um, that actually provides a good experience. So going back to a recruitment context, if you are targeted with relevant content and that relevant content is based on what you're actually interested in, your engagements, what we call intent data, then that is um, you know, a really good outcome for you because you're likely to be engaged as a, as a user. And that is, um, that is very much programmatic technology um, uh, you know, at work because it's the use of data to provide content that is, uh, you know, is relevant. Likewise, when it comes to the um, to the advertiser, and I think this is where a lot of people, um, you know, view the concept of of programmatic programmatic advertising is actually getting results, optimizing results for the uh, for the advertiser. Um, based on conversions, right? And but the conversions only happen because you've been able to target people accurately with content that they're likely to engage with. And, and it, I think a conversion is an application. Well, it's whatever you want it to be, because it actually, in some instances, it might be. Um, yeah, it's often an application. Don't get me wrong. Very few recruiters just say, "I don't care if they apply." But actually, sometimes you know it can be just to kind of get a message across, or um, what they call a hand raise, right? Which is, I don't want a full application. I just want to take a, um, an email address because it might be one of these, um, you know, volume recruiters like some of the delivery um, companies, for example, that just want to, you know, market people to have in their database to create um, open day awareness, etc. So. That's that's important. And I think the relevance, the reason I, I say relevance is so fundamental to that programmatic experience is if you think about this, and I have seen some of your podcasts, and I know you've discussed before, you know, like what are some of the, the, the challenges in the recruitment process? I think there has always fundamentally been a paradox between the, um, the uh, candidate and 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 the and the recruiter and the reason I say that is if you think about it as a candidate, what do you want, right? You want to receive content that is relevant to you, right? That you feel engaged with and and and, and is interesting to you, and in the volumes you want, you don't want too much, but you want enough, right? right? That that's that tends to be what people want. Right? They don't really spanned with stuff, but I want you know relevant content served to me. And and then if you put yourself in the shoes of the recruiter, they actually want a similar thing. But right? I want candidates to apply uh, for my vacancies that are relevant, right, that meet the requirements I have and in the volumes I need, right? The challenge is, though, um, 
in the market we're in currently and have been in for, for quite some time where there is a big discrepancy between the numbers of available candidates and the numbers of desired candidates someone has to make a decision about well do we loosen the targeting um and give someone a bad experience or not and that decision often is made favoring the employer and why is that because it's the employer who's paying generally for the product right it's not the candidate that's paying um you know to go on a on a recruitment platform it tends to be the employer so what you often see is that that level of targeting shall we say relaxed somewhat you know and and a more kind of volume and mass um uh, mass visibility uh, products use which kind of go against the grain of that that targeting in the first place so um you know i, I always find that's an interesting uh, challenge that's quite specific to the recruitment market that you actually get to a situation where you are you know organizations are able to target very specifically groups of uh, groups of individuals who are relevant to their businesses um however however because they're in such short demand there's actually can be if you're not very careful diminishing um you know returns if you haven't got you know what we call feedback loops and, and you know all these kind of things in place to 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 you know to let the advertisers know how their recruitment campaigns are converting into those outcomes they want which are applies and all these kind of things gotcha so performance wise i think that's programmatic um yeah. performance wise let's just talk a little bit about how much this costs and how how that works um because again most most recruiters are used to a duration based um traditional job board advert where you pay you know a thousand pounds and you get 10 adverts and each one of them gets you know the same amount of coverage and you either get a lot of response or you don't um, and yeah. that's how a lot of certainly recruitment consultancies and agencies still operate in that in that market when you start talking about performance the question always comes back round to well how much does it cost how does it work um, and how do I get most kind of bang for my buck? Um, so let's talk a little bit about, about that in terms of they want to come away from a traditional job board and they want to look at this programmatic concept. Sounds amazing. It sounds great because it means that we can target this niche audience that we're looking for or this massive audience and try and sort of, you know, get a big uh, response. How 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 does that how do those costs start to to work? Because we hear about cost per application, we hear about cost per click, we hear about bids, um, cost per hire. I don't know. You know how how do we start explaining costs to a, a, a traditional recruiter that's used to ten adverts for a thousand pounds? Yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> well, yeah. here's the thing. So, the ten adverts for thousand pounds, and you know, keeping on topic, I know there's been a lot of noise recently in terms of, you know, the price increases. You know, specifically the job board. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, me neither. I've heard. I've, I've heard a rumor, right? But you know what? The way I'd look at that in this sort of market is, I would be suspicious if recruitment platforms were not increasing prices because i know how much it costs to acquire uh candidates into your um you know into your ecosystems anyway given the the scarcity of them so i you know unless they have discovered some 
uh, you know, some witchcraft that no one else is aware of, um, you know, one has to assume they're paying more to keep their funnel of talent coming into their platforms. And, and you know, they have to pass those costs on to, um, you know, to the to the advertiser. So that, that that's the preface to basically saying when it comes to what it costs, it costs basically what the market rate is and what the market determines. And, and there's supply and demand that factors that in. OK, so just just to clarify the point. Yes, but programmatic as a concept provides relevance through so that automation of data uh, to target the right people. But it also is used to target the right outcomes. Right. So across a multitude of of different advertisers, a, a programmatic platform will optimize the responses. It will understand which platforms are maybe converting into desired outcomes more efficiently than others and will 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 um uh you know will prioritize where that where, where that content is is delivered accordingly right so that in itself um will help to determine what the uh what the price is i in, in the market if you're looking for a certain category of candidates what are the um you know what are the uh, associated costs a of bringing them into the recruitment platforms but also what are other people bidding for them assuming they are going to be in short supply right the other thing that you have to factor in is also if you're looking at for example a cost per application very common right what's really important isn't necessarily uh what the cost per click is but actually how those clicks convert into those outcomes that you desire which is which is the uh you know which is the application i'll give you a good example right you might have a cost per click of hypothetically 10 pounds right and if like one in two of those converts into an application you've got a cost per apply of of 20 quid right or you might have a cost per click of you know a low one of 10 pence or so and only one in you know 10,000 converts because it's just a really tough market or you're not paying a high enough bid to get you know the, the 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 traffic that's likely to convert more effectively so to your point the market will dictate what the most appropriate um cost is and when you're working with um you know with partners uh working in the you know the pay for performance space the programmatic space they'll normally be able to advise uh what similar campaigns are are having and then what you do is you i won't say trial and error but you you tend to run a campaign on this you know uh, maybe with, with a slow um, introduction to see how it works, how it converts, and start to add more assets, etc. So, uh, so uh, a client understands exactly a what it's likely to convert, but b if the pricing mechanism is accurate. The other thing, the other danger you can have in in um, in performance marketing, if you're you know you haven't got those feedback loops in place, or or, or, or you know you haven't uh, thought it through correctly, is Actually, if you pay too high uh, a price, right? So you're completely outbidding the rest of the market. In a in a industry where we currently have a, a significant shortage of talent, as we know that, if you end up basically doing that, so you're mopping up all of the clicks, whether or not those are the easy ones to convert and then the harder ones to convert and then the really difficult ones to convert, you've got to bear in mind that actually you might be in a situation where your ROI decreases because those clicks are not going to convert into applies um, at the same rate as the, you know, as, as the first clicks you started to target where. So I would always say with programmatic, you know, starting slowly and ramping up is really important. Starting at a price point that um, is sensible in line with what other um, similar campaigns are doing. And also having feedback loops is super important, feeding back to the either the advertiser 
um, or if you're using a third party uh, tool, you know, they will have feedback loops in place to understand exactly how your content is converting. So super what, is, what is a feedback loop? Feedback loop is basically a way of telling the, um, the publisher which of the assets are converting into desired outcomes? Which What's an asset? Come on, come on, Ryan. Let's let's talk. Well, it, What's so an if asset? I, if an I'm asset, a, yeah, like an asset might be okay. Come an on. email versus a classified job listing versus a a branded display advert versus whatever it might be. Which of these which of these assets are converting uh, into the outcome you desire, and which ones aren't? Right. So you can use more of the ones that do convert and, and less of the ones that don't and the programmatic element is this is happening in real time automatically right so that might be you know if, if we we're just working directly with our advertiser then just giving you that feedback right um if you're working with a third party programmatic tech stack and there are quite a few out there they will actually have that um you know they'll be able to track that and and automate the distribution of content based on that but those feedback loops are fundamental to um to programmatic advertising so if we talk about you know why programmatic is effective where it can be effective it can be super effective because relevance is i would say unparalleled yeah but on on the obverse you know if you aren't able to uh to provide feedback effective feedback though that that, that communication isn't in place and actually the quality of the data therefore um isn't able to be optimized effectively it doesn't work as well, you know, because you're not providing feedback to uh, to the publishers and they might continue just to, um, you know, to, to use assets, internal assets that don't convert as effectively. So, yeah, I hope that makes I'm gonna, sense. I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring, try and bring some uh, um, relevance back to, to this okay. uh, in terms of if, if I'm a, a recruiter, because um, yeah. Uh, some of that I got lost with um, as we started going through it. So, what I am getting from this is that the way that performance marketing works is, in effect, like an auction. So you have um, you you bid for a certain type of role uh, or a, a job that you're advertising for, and based on the number of people that they can target or find um, within that uh, industry is is ultimately how much you pay and the market dictates in comparison to how much it costs to get an advert in front of that brain surgeon um, and what everybody else is prepared to pay for that. So we have a, it's an, it, it's different from your thousand pounds uh, set price for your 10 ads or hundred ads. I can't remember what I said now um, because you could advertise. Yeah, for, the bill just got bigger. I think it was ten ads before. <laughs> you could advertise for a brain surgeon, which let's just yeah. make the assumption that they're in very short supply, um, and then you advertise for a role. I'm not sure any role is in plentiful supply at the minute, but let's just pretend um, there is a a, a a role that is um, yeah. is in plentiful supply. The same amount of uh, marketing power goes against both of those types of roles. Whereas performance-based, it is a case of you may need to spend less for the plentiful supply of candidates and spend uh, and bid more to to reach your 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 role. That's only ten people in the in the country can do that. Uh, that's right. That 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 is um, 
mostly right yeah you're talking about basically an efficient market which determines the price for specific categories yeah. and actually that's one of the big differentiators compared to say you know a, a job board market where you tend to pay the same price for a job listing the other thing i would say though is a lot of those um you know, I, I, and I include Job Rapido in that. Uh, a, a lot of the uh, proponents of, of programmatic advertising actually um, have kind of in-house campaign teams that will work with individual advertisers to optimize their campaigns effectively. So it's not just the market that decides things. It could be, you know, what you know, maybe if we worked on, um, you know, removing some of the uh, the stages in the uh, in the application process. Maybe if we worked on uh, you know, changing the, um, you know, some of the content of the advert, the title slightly, whatever it might be, that might resonate better. And actually those clicks would convert more, you know, more readily into applies or actually the impressions or the views on the adverts might convert more readily into uh, into clicks and to be honest you know you, yeah. you've run an agency forever you know exactly you know where i'm coming from things like salaries so, and all these kinds of yeah, yeah. We're, back, we're back into the, the the quality of the ad uh, exactly that. that kind of stuff yeah that, exactly that's that. um that's cool and then the other point around increasing bids um yeah. may actually mean a worse result um is is the, the the only way I can kind of really get my head around that is you have a finite amount of candidates for that type of role. You know the, the well will 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 only will run dry. Um, you yeah. can't magic up more water in there. So it doesn't matter. Um, you know how big your bucket is. Um, you know you're still going to only get the same amount of of water out that well. So actually paying more isn't necessarily going to just magic up more candidates. So you need to try and find the the right uh, level of, of, of investment. Well, well I think you need to, candidates, yeah. right? Yeah, I think what you need is a feedback loop, as we discussed before, to give you feedback in terms of how your clicks are converting into outcomes that matter to you. Because you're exactly right, a lot of people have got out um, historically, I've seen this across lots of programmatic platforms, and actually, programmatic platforms have advised them pay the highest, or, or sorry, the pay for performance platforms advise them pay the highest CPC. You'll outbid everyone else. That's great. You'll get those. You'll get those uh, clicks. But you know, the, the law of diminishing the uh, returns applies when fewer and fewer of those clicks clicks convert into applies or whatever it is you're after because. You know, the can, and I mean, use that passive phrase, but they're more and more passive and less likely to change jobs, you know, as you've exhausted the initial supply of, of easier to um, to convert candidates. So it, that depends. If that's what you want, then that's what you want. And some recruiters understand that because the priority is absolutely getting every single candidate possible. You know, we saw that a lot with the delivery companies, for example. Listen, I need to get everyone I can. This is of fundamental importance. But I think if you're if your metrics are based on a set CPA goal, uh, cost per apply goal, you've got to understand sometimes that, you know, when you exhaust a supply, you know, and the tap now is the water's running, uh, you know, it's not gushing out like it was before, then, you know, the conversions may go down. And that's why it's so important to have that feedback loop in place so you can understand if, you know, if that's actually what you want to do and, and maybe you can redistrib redistribute those, uh, those funds elsewhere. Yeah. Okay, I think I think we've we've exhausted that as best we can for for, for now. Well, I'm uh, with it, with oh, I'm exhausted. You... Yeah. <laughs> um, now, is this 
And I've seen that more and more of your traditional job boards are starting to to offer this model. Um, And I think, you know, it kind of makes sense commercially eventually that, you know, if a job board with the hundred, the the thousand pounds of the hundred listings, 10 listings, whatever it was, you know, they're having to spend more in order to attract the brain surgeon, but their income is only a fixed price. Yeah. Um, that's not going to start giving the, the advertiser the best possible um, the best possible outcome or the best possible uh, response. Um, and you know we all know how how quick we all are to jump on the fact that job boards don't return us um, a, a, a good response um, if an advert doesn't give you who you, who you want straight away. So this is the this is how the the market is going right we we are seeing the slow decline of the traditional 250 pound for one advert aren't we but and and we're going to have to get our heads around this whether we like it or not well i yeah i mean it's 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 a um concept that's known as post and pray um in the uh uh in the pay for performance world i mean what i'm going to caveat before i i respond to that is is that Regardless of the technology, right, if you're really good as a platform or as a recruiter or as an agency or whatever it is, then you're really good and you get great results anyway, right? So I think we, you know, we've, and I'm, I'm sure that's not what you were alluding to, but we've got to be very careful about calling either the death of anything or that. No, 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 no. Definitely not the death of, of, yeah, the, I mean, yeah, exactly the, the number that, of time we've gone through death of the job board of yeah, death, this, just, death, you know, let's leave that, that yeah. Yeah, but exactly. The, the so evolution. The evolution. The, yeah, in some cases, in some cases, the, the they don't need to because they're really good at what they do, and it doesn't matter what te- they're they're in-house technology, closed walls, what we call it. That works perfectly well, and because their clients are getting good results. So I think you know the dangers always say programmatic is better because the tech is better. No, what programmatic does is it provides relevance, all right, which is extremely hard to replicate through other means right not impossible but extremely hard to replicate but in return for that you need to have those feedback loops in place so it's desirable you have those feedback loops otherwise you don't know what's relevant the the, the publisher doesn't know what's relevant and here's the thing right a lot of people aren't capable of doing that a lot of organizations are not set up to do that they don't have the technology to do that they don't have the time to do that so you know i'm someone who works very closely um in and around performance marketing and programmatic and i i absolutely believe it is you know one of the parts of the future of recruitment and actually one of the uh, the mainstays of today but not everyone can avail of it and not everyone um is ready to do that and that's important to acknowledge you know because i do often get annoyed when i see particularly on some of the social media people saying if you're not programmatic then you're not doing it properly you know as if to assume that you know that the intellectual horsepower of the recruiter isn't there that's not the case whatsoever right it is one channel and it's not a channel for everyone and for the ones it is a channel for it's highly effective you know but that, that communication cascades in place so what do i think when it comes to the job boards i think yes absolutely we are seeing them um work more and more on a performance outcome and that's quite obvious right yes we are in a situation where is a you know, almost certainly a, a global recession on the way. It's a slightly strange one, though, because it's a recession with what appears to be at the moment pretty much full employment. Um, but actually, um, you know, organisations will be stretched with the finances, so outcomes matter, right? Getting return on investment matters. And I think that's one way 
of giving people an outcome, right? Well, you're going to charge and cost per click or whatever. Now, the thing is, though, in my experience of recruitment, and whilst I might look young, I am uh, very much in the uh, in the veteran category. You, you, you took a while to, to smile there, but I, I knew that was uh, really sympathy. I'm very much in the veteran category. Never in my time have I seen anyone hire a click. Yeah, that has never happened. So I think even though... Um, you know, boards, job boards will work more on a cost per click basis. Ultimately, the outcome that matters to the employers is likely to be, you know, um, applies or actually higher. So wh where I see the evolution from the job boards going to cost per click, yes, that's to align themselves with actually how, um, how you know, the performance uh, marketing platforms tend to charge, but also to enable them to work closely with some of the tech stacks that optimize programmatically as well. I think that's one of the things they'll do. But I also see the evolution moving more towards understanding what converts further down the funnel and going towards the cost per um, to higher um, metric as well, as more and more people can can start to track that all the way through. I do I do see that that, is an evolution that will happen um, certainly in my lifetime, you know, because the quantitative and qualitative data is getting much better um, in, in all, all the availability that is getting much better in some instances. And, and that being aligned to um, to the data that advertisers hold, I think, you know, tells us a little bit about where this might go, which actually is what we see to a certain degree in the consumer um segment as well where you can track all the way through to even post apply post buy you know say someone's bought a car through programmatic actually you can tell if that person then comes back and buys another car three years later and does the servicing and all that so i i do think um you know more and more relevance will become part of that process as we get more data um on individual candidates and what they want to do and ultimately as you've just alluded to it comes about down to the, the the person in the role that's what everyone really wants and exactly uh, yeah what happens prior to that sometimes is is uh, of interest but the real um end result is that person that person exactly um, and there are many ways to do that we are we've flown through that we've uh, and 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 hopefully people watching listening have stuck with us i hope that you have um but let's we, we, let's wind this up now with something a bit more light hearted okay. um and um I, there's a slight curveball here um uh ryan but those that don't know um they should know that you happen to be a watch expert you are a, a watch guru, right? You are a lover of watches and all things. I think, uh, yeah, I like watches, I think, would be a way to say. I think guru and expert, yeah, I, I appreciate. In my art, no, uh, uh, just take, just take In your, Okay, just I'll take, take I'll take it. And that's where, so what are your favourite, um, what are your favourite watch brands or, or models at the moment? Ooh, at the moment, yeah. you know these things can change it's, it's fashionable right so what what are you um yeah what are you excited by at the minute yeah what am i excited by at the minute good question so i think um you know i i, I like um i like brands where there's a lot of artisanal um craftsmanship involved so some of the japanese brands particularly um grand seiko um, so they are basically the flagship range of the, I'm sure, very well-known Seiko brand. 
um, and they compete very squarely with the um you know the big luxury swiss uh brands but really focusing on craftsmanship artisanal dial work etc you know certainly not on their brand i think um people know seiko is a good quality uh brand but maybe not a luxury brand that has been a challenge for them but i really like the work they do and i, I still think even though you know the price points have shot up quite a lot um they represent really good value for what they are and i think from the traditional um swiss brands i'm a big fan of what iwc are doing so they are a brand well known for their historical pilot watches you know they they have the distinction somewhat dubious i'd say of supplying both the allies and the germans in world war ii so that's swiss neutrality uh for you as well but actually you know they've recently revisited their heritage and brought out some more modernized versions of a lot of their heritage watches i mean i'll caveat all of this by saying that um sadly with um you know, mortgages, bills to pay and children, you know, my ability to acquire all the watches I want is uh, is somewhat limited. So uh, when I say watch bureau, I don't sadly have, you know, 500 watches, but I'm a big walk-in cabinet, you know, so I have to be very yeah. careful. But I'd say, yeah, those are two brands that I, I think, you know, represent, you know, some of the best that's available without having to remortgage or, or sell organs off um, at the moment. We can we can look, we can't touch, and we certainly can't buy at the, at the minute. But um, yeah. I'm just I'm just actually seeing on the big screen uh, in front of me that 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 both um, Seiko and IWC their share price has just shot up after you made that uh, well, that announcement. There you go. So, yeah, you know. I feel like Elon Musk and his tweets on. Uh, on, on, on crypto or whatever if only i'd known yeah <laughs> um uh good good thank you for for, for that and uh, it's always oh. interesting to uh, to hear some uh, uh, not just the the, the watch um uh, interest but of course the uh, the the job and uh, uh, job board and recruitment related stuff of course so ryan thank you very much that's been uh, that's been brilliant i hope that that has made it um uh, uh, explained a little bit more uh, around programmatic and performance the differences between the two um we've done our best um but it was been uh, it's that that was really really good uh, really thankful for you to come on and go through all of that so um thank you very much hope you enjoyed it hopefully it wasn't too uh, arduous um but yeah thank you very much and thank you to uh, everyone uh, and anyone who is listening watching and uh, sticking with us please as usual comment like share um let us know what you like and what you don't like and we will take that on board so thank you very much and until next time goodbye